hello, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Well, hello, Courier Nation, and welcome back for another week. And uh, I want to start off with something that I don't normally do, and that's a little bit of sponsorship, although it's not really a sponsorship because it's me. I just opened up a store on the entrecourier.com website, and uh, but it's just got one product. And I'll just tell you real quickly about it. I, I brought in some delivery bags that uh, kind of designed more for the independent delivery professional. In fact, that's how it's branded for independent delivery professionals. So instead of having DoorDash, Postmates, Grubhub on the bag, it's just it it uh, it still sets you apart as a driver. It sets you apart as a professional, but it's just labeled as an independent delivery professional. So they're they're the bags that are similar to the ones that DoorDash and Postmates give you, but I think a little bit sturdier. It seems to have a little bit thicker sides to it. Uh, but it's just, you know, the idea of it is to give people something that, especially if they're just getting into it, that uh, you know, here's a resource that you can go to. So go to entrecourier.com slash basic bag. It's just all one word, no dash or anything like that. And uh, you can check it out there. Uh, right now I've got them on sale, uh, free shipping for $9.97 and they get you the bag and we'll ship that out to you. Folks, I was going to dive in this morning, uh, today on uh, talking about multi-apping as the topic. Um, I think it's it's a, a good conversation thing to have right now because of, I think in these times, the, the one thing I have noticed, I don't know about you, but during this pandemic, the thing that I've noticed is I'm making more money, but it's inconsistent. And what I mean is, there are times where I can just be hauling with Uber Eats and then it just dries up in the same way with Grubhub and the same way with DoorDash. And it seems like each one has its hot and it's cold, but the key to me has been to work for, you know, all three of them. And so I wanted to get into that a little bit more and that was the plan. And then the news broke. Actually the news broke right before I sat down to write, probably about a half hour before I sat down to start putting the episode together that Uber Eats and Grubhub are in talks that uh, Uber Eats is talking about taking over Grubhub. We're not talking about a merger. We're talking about a takeover. At least that's the word that I've got. And the word is that it may end up being agreed upon, completed by the end of the month. That would be big news. Now, maybe it's too early to be talking about it because, like I said, they're just in talks. There's nothing agreed. There's nothing else. There there really aren't any details out there right now about that. Beyond that, there's no agreement. There may not be an agreement. That's always a possibility whenever there are talks like that. My gut is it's going to happen. And the reason that I think it's going to happen is because the word has gotten out. And and the reason that I think that the reason that's important, you know, that, that that's kind of a key thing to me is I don't know if any of you saw the news out in January that news broke that DoorDash and Uber had been in merger talks. Notice the past tense had been the news didn't break until after the talks broke off. There was no leak in the middle of that process. 
which that thing kind of tells me that you know, these companies are pretty good at keeping those kind of leaks out. You know what I mean? And, but it was kind of like, okay, maybe they weren't really all that close to actually getting something done. And that's why the word never broke. The fact that, you know, the sources have talked to a few different news, news services. I'll put a couple of links to some articles that are up there. But the fact that uh, some of these sources are starting to, you know, at least confirm that, yes, we're in talks. That tells me that more than likely it's probably pretty close to being agreed on. I am going to, my guess, and I could be totally wrong. Make sure you understand one thing here. When you listen to me talk about all this, I'm not a business analyst. I'm not a business expert. I'm kind of a business geek. I'm kind of a, a junkie when it comes to thinking about how businesses work and things like that. But I'm definitely no expert in how these things work. So take everything that I'm saying, all of my thoughts here about this with a grain of salt. But it's just to me... The way that this is happening, it's telling me that it's probably pretty likely that they are very close to having a deal, you know, that they've probably got some kind of an agreement in principle. And right now it's more a matter of working out the details. I could be completely wrong. It's just the fact. Here's the thing about this. About, it was probably about nine o'clock this morning that word broke you know, within an hour, uh, stocks had shot up for both companies. I mean, dramatically, you know, um, I think Grubhub was up by more than 50%, at least at one point. Uh, I haven't looked in the last hour or two, but you know, the thing is, is when the stocks shoot up that much on this kind of a news, if that breaks off, more than likely they're going to drop a whole lot more than what they shot up. And that could just be a disaster, probably especially for Grubhub. And you got to remember in September of uh, 2018, Grubhub was up to almost $150 a share. In March, actually in the middle of this pandemic, Grubhub dropped down to less than $30 at one point. And they're, they've been sitting kind of mid-30s, uh, low 40s or something like that before all this happened. And now they're up over 60 as I record this. So, you know, it's the kind of thing, though, that it's just, I, it, it'd be such a disaster that I don't think they're going to let the word out unless they're actually really pretty close to making it happen. You know what I mean? How oh, it's possible. Maybe somebody went rogue. You know, they, they decided I'm going to leak the information because I know the stocks would take off. And when they get that information, then they could sell their own stock, you know, and uh, it kind of accounts to insider trading, I think, but I don't know the details of how all that works. But I don't know. My gut is, you know, my gut is way too big to ignore. So believe me, I try to ignore it every day. But in the end, it's just my gut feeling is this deal is going to happen. And uh, like I said, I could be wrong. And here's the thing about all this. And what makes it fascinating is kind of the different trajectories that I see these companies taking. And when I see that, it actually makes sense. You start with, I think, Grubhub taking a dive. And then you add in, I think, Uber Eats getting a lot more serious about delivery. And so the two things kind of make a little bit of sense. No, it wasn't that long ago. Grubhub was the king of the mountain. Like I said, September of 2018, they were at $146 a share, I think. And they were dominant. They had the market. I mean, you would think it was pretty much wrapped up or something. But I think probably there, there's a few things that happened. You know, one thing you got to remember, Grubhub started out as a marketing company, not as a delivery. I mean, they didn't get into delivery until just a few years ago. They were more about helping restaurants 
advertise their businesses online. They were more about helping restaurants market themselves and they evolved into helping them create online ordering, uh, really more about takeout. And if delivery was involved, it was more so that people could order online so that the restaurants could do the deliveries. And then eventually, you know, kind of, I think they dabbled a little bit with deliveries. Okay, we can help out with delivery here and there. And I think the idea was, we'll get you started on delivery till you get so much business going that then the restaurant could take over and do their own delivery because now they're at scale and they're, they're at, you know, full force. It never really turned into that. It just kind of turned into all of a sudden delivery became what Grubhub was known for. And part of that was, I think they figured out that, okay, it just makes a natural fit. And at some point they went all in and, uh, and they went in in a big way. Uh, you know, they went out and they bought up Seamless. They bought out a Eat24. They bought out uh, a whole bunch of different, you know, little mom and pop type delivery companies, things like that. And what they did was they dominated the market by being in just about every market when most of the other companies that are out there weren't there. And that's how they got to be such a huge you know, dominant player in the market and how they had so much of the market share. Well, eventually, you had especially DoorDash and Uber Eats coming into play more and more. You know, they expanded into more markets themselves and DoorDash especially. They spent a ton of money expanding their business so that they could get into all these different markets as well to the point that now you had really three companies that were all really very close to each other in market share. You know, right now you've got, uh, to my understanding right now, it's kind of like, you know, you've got DoorDash a few points ahead of everybody. They're maybe about 35% of the market. And then you've got Uber Eats and Grubhub sitting at about 30. Um, Grubhub's kind of gone to the king of the mountain to, uh, they're fighting for third place. And uh, I think they're falling behind. So, you know, it's been interesting. And I think as that happened, it all was happening kind of in the same way that you saw the profitability for Grubhub taking a dive. It used to be that Grubhub was very profitable. And I think it was because they had so much of the market, they could kind of name their own price on deliveries. They could do kind of whatever they wanted to do. And there was nobody to really challenge them. But as more companies came in to kind of take over their space, Grubhub had to cut prices. They had to get a little more competitive and, um, and especially, I think, on the customer end of things. I think between all of these companies, there was like this race to zero for delivery fees. And that translated into us getting lower money. But anyway, that's that's jumping ahead a little bit. I've got to wonder, you know, the other thing that's happened with Grubhub now has been during this pandemic, you know, they started out making a big deal about the fact that they're going to help restaurants out. I don't know if you saw all the press, but boy, that was that was the big deal. Yeah, we are helping restaurants out through these very difficult times by deferring payments. They weren't waving. And I think a lot of people got the idea that they were waving. I talked to restaurant owners that they kind of got the impression they're going to waive these fees. No, what they're doing is they're saying, no, we're going to wait. You you don't have to pay them right now. But they had very set times that they did have to pay. And it, basically, it was putting these companies in debt. And... And then on top of that, you know, now they've been getting so much bad press over what they are charging to different um, restaurants, the percentage. I don't know if you have seen the uh, invoice, the picture of the invoice floating around that was like $1,000 of food that was sold for the month. 
and the restaurant got $350 for it all. You know, and that's, that's, uh, that's put mud on, you know, that's kind of put egg on the face of Grubhub as a result of that. And it's that kind of thing. They've had a lot of bad press. I've talked to restaurant owners and managers who they are more unhappy with Grubhub than they are anybody else over this whole thing. And it's that kind of thing that I think is hurting them to the point that, you know, you got to wonder, is Grubhub getting at a point where they may not be able to stand up very much longer? I've wondered if one or more of these companies would survive in the aftermath of all of this once all the dust has settled. And maybe this is the answer to that question. You know, is it possible that Grubhub ends up being the one that gets absorbed by somebody else or they get assimilated, you know, like the Borg and Star, uh, Star Trek? And anyway, a little aside. At the same time, I see Uber Eats going the opposite direction. I see them getting more invested in delivery. Uh, maybe I don't know if there was already, I think it was already the plan before all of this happened, but maybe even more so now that this has happened and delivery has been kind of the thing to save their hide. But there was a good article from Business Insider, uh, that, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes that, that, you know, all of these different articles that popped up right away as always happens when there's breaking news like that. And uh, the one from Business Insider, I think, did the best job of actually delving a little more into the story. Most of them just said, oh, yeah, there's word that uh, they're in talks. And that's about all there was. And in the Business Insider um, article, you know, he dug a little bit into, talked about how Uber had bought out a, a grocery delivery startup in Latin America just last fall, that in their shareholders meeting just very recently, that uh, Dara Kajrashawi, I'm, I'm terrible at pronouncing his name. I apologize if you're listening to me, Dara. But, uh, you know, he told them that uh, that they're looking at acquisitions and their goal is to be number one or number two in every market that they're in on the delivery side. So it's like, you know, I think they're really investing. And, and the thing is, I can tell you from my experience that I see investment taking place just in the study improvements that I see going on uh, within their app. You know, they have been slowly but consistently introducing improvements in the information they're providing for drivers. I would say in six months, Uber Eats has morphed from being the very worst as far as what information you've got to make a decision on to maybe being the best. There's a couple of things where they still need some work. But the thing is, is like it's it's every couple of weeks lately. It's been, oh, all of a sudden, it's just something pops up. And I wrote about this earlier. I talked about Grubhub made a big deal not that long ago. They sent out an email to drivers that said, "Hey, we're going to improve the way that we're dispatching. So we're gonna we're gonna start giving you the orders uh, closer to when the food's ready, and we're gonna start sending you from further closer to the restaurant, and not sending you so far away. So because of this, we want you to start heading to the restaurant right away because we're gonna make these changes. The thing is, I've never seen the changes happen. You know, they, they kind of make a big deal. We're gonna make this improvement, and they don't do anything." Maybe they're doing it in some places. I don't know. I haven't heard from anybody yet that's seen that happen. But the flip side of it is Uber Eats never did a thing. I never said a thing. But they just roll out these little improvements here and there. They did make, you know, as, as part of their big change with they changed their pay model up at the end of last year, early part of this year in some markets, they changed their pay model up. And they did finally start telling you where the customer was by looking on the map, you know. But it was kind of hard to read. It was kind of hard to tell. Well, then they started adding information. They started putting um, 
It used to be that when they first rolled out the change, they still told you how many minutes away the restaurant was. They kind of give you an idea of a price, but whatever. Um, Well, now, then they started adding in that it's like, okay, it's so many minutes for the total delivery and it's so many miles for the total delivery. It's something nobody else is doing. Nobody else is giving that information. They started putting that on there. Then they started listing cross streets close to where the customer is. And, and nobody's doing that. Uh, Uber Eats isn't always real good at it. Sometimes I'm getting two streets that are parallel to each other. So that doesn't help me a whole lot. But it's just like they're adding more and more information. And then the latest thing that I saw was like a little bit of a contrast change. It used to be kind of hard to see their map because the icons and the route were just different shades of the same color. And now all of a sudden we've got you know, more contrast between all that. And you've got colored icons that uh, it's just all these little changes, but they've been just happening regularly and without fanfare. And it's just all of those things that tell me that, you know what, you don't make those kind of changes. You do not make those kind of changes to your app without some kind of level of commitment. And so it just makes sense. I see Grubhub kind of on this downward spiral and I see Uber Eats going all in on delivery, on on really trying to get serious about taking over, and I see it in their actions. And so this all makes sense. Now the question is, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if and when this happens? You know, if once the deal gets closed, what's going to happen? I'm going to say nothing at first, not for a while. Now I could be wrong. Here's the deal. I've said this before. I hope I said this, but I want to make sure that I get this out there. I'm not an expert. I I don't deal in these things all the time. I'm a, I'm a delivery guy in Denver, Colorado, who writes a website about delivery. And I, I'm not into big business, things like that. But here's the deal too, is I spent years in telecom and I have just watched over and over these tech companies doing the mergers. And I've seen what's happened with them, you know, uh, long distance companies and uh, local phone companies and internet companies and watching them merge. And it seems like it's always the same pattern And I've seen kind of the same things happening with, you know, Caviar when they were taken over by DoorDash, that, you know, things don't happen. They don't change right away. And I don't expect that's going to happen here either, because here's the deal. There's a lot of tech. There's there's just a lot of moving pieces that have to be put together to make this happen. And it's just impossible to just merge the brands overnight. And so. It won't be a matter where, you know, they're going to close, you know, they close, let's say they close the deal on June 1st and let's say everything's okay with that. And, uh, so now all of a sudden on June 2nd, everybody who is on Grubhub is now an Uber Eats contractor. It just doesn't happen that way. It won't happen that way. So here's the deal is even if this thing happens, it's not going to change things that dramatic for you for a while. And it could take weeks, more likely months, possibly years for it to ever get into where it's one company and it may never be one company. This is just what I'm saying from my experience, watching how these tech companies have merged in the past. Now here's the one thing that you got to think about. Let's say they make it, they they come to an agreement and they get it all done. That's not a guarantee. It's going to happen because here's the deal. You have got two companies that have got about 30% of the market each. They merge all of a sudden. Now that's like, you know, two to one lead over the next competitor. There are factors out there that are going to resist it just because of that. There are concerns about what that would do to competitiveness. That would, there are concerns about what that would do to pricing. 
And because of the antitrust, anti-monopoly things out there, there's a possibility this deal may not get approved. So you got to be ready for that. So remember, there's a possibility that the deal doesn't get agreed on. More likely, I think, is the possibility that the uh, um, that it doesn't get regulatory approval. And uh, even then, let's say the deal does get done. What's going to happen? If they get over all these hurdles, um, I just see it taking some time. Like I said, you just can't merge these operations immediately because there's too many moving pieces. I mentioned earlier, DoorDash, they purchased Caviar. That was back in August of last year. As of today, they're still like individual entities. They still have their own platforms. They still have like their own drivers. And uh, now, unfortunately, Caviar is not in my market or else I'd, I'd be on with them with like with everybody else. But, you know, it's like, from what I understand, there's not a lot of difference yet for drivers for the two platforms, that it's still very, very different companies. They're acting like completely different companies. In some ways, they're in competition with each other. Um, Maybe it'll stay that way. Maybe they'll keep Caviar as a brand because Caviar did focus on a different niche. It was like on higher-end restaurants. I'm going to expect, though, eventually they're going to say, you know what, it makes sense to morph into one company, but it's going to take time. I saw this in telecom. I saw this. I saw it when you know Sprint bought out Nextel. I saw it when NEC bought out Nitsuko. I saw it just time and time again with these companies were merging all the time while I was in that industry. And it was always kind of that same pattern that it was like the brands would remain separate and it would just kind of like eventually they'd kind of be assimilated into one. And that's what I expect to see happen here for a while. Based on that pattern, here's kind of what I expect to see. I expect to see that as far as what the customer sees, as far as the operations, as far as the branding, you're going to have two different brands operating for a while. We're talking months, maybe years. First thing to happen in a merger has more to do with consolidation of the front office. It's things like HR. It's things like the management. It's it's developing that, you know, that that management infrastructure from Uber Eats, from Uber is going to kind of take over the whole thing. But at the same time, you're still going to have these companies run like different divisions. And I saw that with, you know, Caviar. One thing I did read about them was that when this purchase was closed, when the, when the deal was done, one of the first things that happened was there was, there was a little bit of an uproar from Caviar employees because they were getting moved over to DoorDash benefits mid-year, and that created some issues for them. So there's some things like that that will happen pretty quickly. I expect that the restaurants will continue to deal with each brand individually. It's not going to merge all into one thing all at once for them. They will continue to go with their agreements with Uber Eats on the Uber Eats side, and they'll continue to work with their agreements with Grubhub on the Grubhub side. And they will probably still continue to deal with Grubhub people for the one side and Uber Eats people for the other. It's just that's what I saw when I've uh, been involved with companies that merged and we worked with both companies. You know, you just see those things kind of happening. It takes time. Part of it has to do with they just got to have time to get past all of the agreements and the contracts that are in place. And part of it is it just takes time to get that. They got to work on other things before they can start bringing that together. For drivers, I expect that initially driver care is going to be separate for Grubhub for a while. And, uh, you know, whatever the driver support and the green hubs and things like that will be separate for Uber Eats. 
eventually what will happen is they'll kind of merge those people together, but they'll kind of work like wearing two hats. They'll do support for Grubhub. They'll do support for Uber Eats. I think the pay models will kind of remain independent of each other, maybe indefinitely. You got to remember, these are two very, very different approaches to drivers. And it could be if they decide that the two brands make sense, that maybe the two different types of pay models, because Grubhub, you've got all of your, your pay information right away when you get the order. With Uber Eats, you get an estimate of what the pay from Uber Eats is going to be, and the tip isn't included at all on that. And so because they're so different, it's just going to take time for those two to get merged together. On the app side, again, the same thing. They're going to run separately. At some point, they're going to get to a point, though, where from a tech standpoint, it doesn't make sense to keep trying to support two different apps, and they're going to move to one. Now, maybe this is one that Grubhub will survive. Because here's the deal. The Uber Eats app, it was designed as a rideshare app, and it was kind of like, okay, then we just kind of added delivery into it. I kind of wonder if part of the reason them doing this is they needed to get a good app that's designed just for delivery. Um, I don't know. Or maybe they, they like that being able to kind of be just this thin line between rideshare and delivery. One way or the other, it's all going to morph over to one or the other. And when they are able to do this, this is going to take time because it takes time for them to figure out what features, what things do they want to keep from one to do the other. And it's going to take time to be able to just figure out the logistics of making that change. Eventually, it'll all morph into one app. I'm going to guess it's going to be closer to the Grubhub app than the Uber Eats because it's designed for delivery. After all of that, at some point, they're going to figure out, you know what? You know, maybe their their intent to begin with might have been to keep the brands separate. After a while, it's just kind of like, this doesn't make sense to keep operating two brands. We own two brands that compete with each other, especially because there's not a lot of distinction from one to the other. It's not like it's not like Caviar and DoorDash, where Caviar was focusing on higher-end restaurants and DoorDash kind of more general. And so these are two that are very close to each other. So I would eventually I would guess that eventually they will morph into one. Now, whether it's going to be, it'll all turn into Uber Eats or whether they kind of create a different independent app or diff, independent brand that is a combination of the two, that, that's anybody's guess. So the question is, you know, which one's going to be better for drivers if it were all Uber Eats or if it were all Grubhub? You know, what do you think? I would love to hear your comments. You know, email me, ron at entrecourier.com or head over to the website and hit the contact or head over to the post that uh, I'll put the link in the show notes and leave a comment there because I would love to hear your thoughts about which one you prefer. I'm going to tell you mine just real quickly. Um, Now, if I get into a lot of detail, I could really make this long. I don't want to do that. I am going to say something that might surprise a lot of people. If I had to choose one or the other, I would actually go with Uber Eats. I know a lot of people, especially most people that do Grubhub, they would want nothing to do with the way Uber Eats does things. But it's just because, you know, I, I'll put a link to this. You know, I, I did some articles where I talked about kind of doing this challenge of starting to do more Uber Eats. And with the changes they're making, I'm finding it's actually paying better in most cases. Now, it's hit and miss with Uber Eats right now. And uh, some of that has to do with the pandemic. Some of that has to do with so many rideshare drivers picking up delivery now. And so that's saturating the market. 
Yeah, it's the one drawback. But I think if you got to a point where it was all done, all of the business, both sides were all done on either Uber Eats and it was going to be busy, it was going to be consistent, or if they did it the Grubhub style, I would rather have the Uber Eats method. At some point, maybe I'll dig into that a little more detail. The question, though, overall, is this a good thing or is it a bad thing? I think it's going to be a bit of both. I don't know necessarily if it's a good thing for Uber or not, because here's the problem that I see for Uber is, are they spreading themselves a little too thin by doing this? Because the deal is, it's, you know, it was kind of like delivering food off of their rideshare model. But by taking on Grubhub, they're taking on a lot more than that. They're taking on this marketing company that is really very, you know, it's very foreign to the gig type approach that Uber has always had. And I wonder if they're going to be able to handle doing that unless they spin off a part of that. That's always a possibility. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like, okay, we'll take over, you know, Uber Eats will take over the delivery part, but this marketing part will kind of be its own little company that spun off. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think that this could create some issues. I go back to telecom. When Sprint bought out Nextel, it was a very different company, completely different technology. The networks were not compatible with each other, and it almost killed that company. I think in a way it did kill that company. I think it put Sprint in a position where, you know, eventually they were bought out by SoftBank and eventually bought out now by um, T-Mobile. And so... You know, I wonder if this could be the kind of thing that actually does the opposite of what Uber thinks. You know, here's the other question is, what does it do when uh, it cuts down so much on the competition? Because you get from three companies that are all fairly close to each other in, you know, market share, different things like that. And so there's a very healthy competition between the three of them. And now all of a sudden it's kind of two to one, you know, you've got two of them together and it totally shifts the balance. And is that going to mean more pricing, higher prices? Maybe higher prices isn't a bad thing. Here's the problem with the competition that's gone on is that it forces this race to zero on delivery fees and things like that to the point that these companies really can't afford to pay the drivers that much. And so on all of the platforms, we've seen this drop in, you know, we've seen this drop in, um, what they're paying out. They've, they've, they've cut the pay models, different things like that. So it's just going to be interesting to see what's going to happen, you know, and what does that do? But it's that competition thing that could be the deal breaker as far as regulators go. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? I'm, you know, I just, uh, what do you like, especially for those of you who do both Grubhub and Uber Eats, what do you like the most about each one? What do you hate the most about each one? That's that's a good article for later on for me because I've got some strong feelings on both sides. But anyway, thanks so much for being a part of this. Now, folks, one thing I want to ask you is, is this website helpful to you? Is the information we provide on the website, on the podcast, any of that, does that help you run your delivery business? If so, could you spread the word? Could you let people know about us? Because if we can find more people, if more people can find us, that's just more people that we can help to take control to claim their rights as business owners to become the boss. And that's what I want to encourage you to do as I wrap up today, as I do every week is take control yourself with all of these things happen. If they merge, if they don't merge, 
um, pandemic, no pandemic, you've got the opportunity to take control and operate things as if you were a business owner, because you are a business owner. Claim that place. Take control. Be the boss.